You're listening to Leadership on the Ground, Season 4, The Tensions of Leadership. A tension is a gentle pull, a stretch that causes a strain, or an emotional trigger that can cause a positive or negative reaction. When you are in a leadership role, you are confronted with tensions constantly. It's what you do at these critical moments that matters most. In this series, we learn how to identify and acknowledge these tensions, how to appropriately respond to them with our next move, and how to skillfully navigate through them when leading ourselves, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. This series is made possible by the international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor, your guide for achieving breakthrough performance in productivity. And now, here are your hosts, Todd Schnick and Erica Pietler. Good morning and welcome back to our special edition series, Leadership on the Ground, Season 4, The Tensions of Leadership. And as always, I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Erica Pietler. Erica, good morning, my friend. Good to be with you as always in studio. Yeah, good morning, Todd. Happy to be here today in studio with you. Okay, I'm looking forward to today's episode, The Tension in Leading Yourself and Crossing That Knowing Doing Gap Part 2, Utilizing Your Leadership Voice to influence. So going to be a very important show. Before we go there, Erica, remind our audience what is meant by the tensions of leadership. Yeah, this is really going to be, I think, a, an exciting season for us because we've been engaging in this ongoing dialogue regarding leadership being a skilled profession. So it requires conscious discipline. It requires practice. And it's all in this pursuit of performance and productivity. So in season one, we really laid down some skills about how do you become a consciously competent leader? What do you need to do? How do you do it? And why do you do it? And then we advanced in seasons two and three, and we started to talk about practices of leadership. How do you practice in real time? How do you establish rhythm for working at the speed of business and putting some macro structures in place? In season four, Todd, we're going to change it up again, and we're going to look at these tensions that leaders face as they progress in advancing their leadership practice. And these tensions are stresses, they're pulls, they're triggers, and they're things that leaders must raise, wrestle with, and resolve, or else they're going to struggle, they're going to get stuck, and they're going to stagnate themselves and their businesses. So the stakes are really high in season four. All right. Now, thank you for doing that, Erica. So, gosh, understanding how to utilize that leadership voice we talked about last episode to influence all kinds of interesting tensions and challenges that come from that. I think one of the most important things to do first and really understand is figuring out what your end game is with all this. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So, you know, you're leading yourself, you're crossing the knowing doing gap. Where do you want to take this leadership practice, right? You know, when you're leading yourself, you start to realize, hey, there are places that I can go. I could become a team leader. I could get promoted. I can have direct reports. I can lead a functional area. I can lead a department. Or maybe I love what I'm doing so much that I really want to get deeper into that area and be a thought leader. Maybe I want to be a trusted advisor. You know, I want to sit at the right hand or left hand of a functional head or a, a strategic leader in the organization and provide them with advice and thoughts. At this stage in your career, you should start thinking about where do I want to go as I become more confident, more courageous, and I understand more about my own leadership practice. Well, this is, I mean, you talk about transactional players and, and trusted advisors. I mean, explain the difference between the two. 
Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, I love these S-curves, right? So, you know, in part, you know, when we start off, we become an expert at something, right? So, you know, we may be an accountant, maybe a lawyer, maybe a, you know, a marketing expert. So we, at the bottom of that S-curve and the bevel, we're putting together our expertise. But as we start to cross the knowing-doing gap, we start to establish our leadership voice, we start to be that participant at the table like we were talking about. We become more of a business leader. We're not just an expert. We're rounding out our perspective. And then ultimately, we may take it to the highest level and become a trusted advisor where we don't just know about a particular functional area or about the business. We know about the industry. We know about the players and we can operate at a higher level. So I like to say we go from this transactional level of being an expert, maybe to help businesses transform into these new places. And if you're able to transcend both the business and the expertise, you might be able to be a trusted advisor and sit at the top of the table with the CEO and with the leadership team. But this is another really large tension that all people face, right? Because generally, in my view anyway, when you're brought into an organization, you're brought in because they want you to be a transactional player because you have a skill or an expertise, right? And so it's it's then moving from there, right? So that's a that's a huge tension. It's a huge tension. And, you know, here's the thing that I experience a lot in my coaching practice. The tension of what we talked about before, expectations. People think because we're expert in an area that we want to then be the department head in that area and then we would be able to successfully lead and develop other people. Not always true. You know, we may not sometimes have that capacity or that desire to help develop other people. We'll talk about the tensions that a team leader will face in our next episode. But, you know, the first tension you have to resolve is, do I really want to be that team leader? I mean, maybe I want to take a different path. And what I have learned and what I have seen is sometimes we say yes to these things because we think they're the right corporate thing to say and do. But our skill set, our heart and our capabilities are nowhere matched to that. And what do we do? We do a double bad thing because we end up getting into a role. We didn't really want that role. We don't have the heart for that role. So not only do we not do it well, but we have people that are now under our stewardship that we may be letting down and compressing their growth as well. Well, how common a scenario is this? I think it's ridiculously common. <laughs> I think majority of people who are frustrated in a corporate work environment is because they have made a false choice in their minds. They, they, they get pressure. You talk about expectations. They think there's this pressure from their, their colleagues, from their family, from friends that they ought to be moving up that leadership track. And, and maybe they don't. I mean, that's, and we talk about choices in this season. That, that's a choice you can make, right? It is a choice you can make. And you know what? It takes a very, very astute and confident person who can make that choice appropriately because it sounds not cool to make the choice of, hey, no, I don't want that promotion to be the team leader. I think I want to stick to my expertise here. But, you know, to the question you ask of how common is it? It is so common. In fact, we have team leaders that don't have the skill sets to lead other people and always say, hey, listen, I have a day job. I don't have time to develop other people. Not, not the profile of a team leader. Or how about the organizational leaders, which we'll talk about a little bit further down the road here, who are in very senior leadership positions who also don't have the desire to really lead other people. They want to be out making a deal or they want to be out in business development. So this is a really common thing. What I think is is great for our listeners here is think about and understand crossing this knowing doing gap tension early and make some of those tension-based choices early for yourself so that you can really galvanize and put your energy where it's going to serve your highest good. Don't look to serve the master who's looking to get you to take a role that you don't want or that family member or that pressure that you're getting from friends to say, hey, you should be doing this with your life. You're really good at that. Trust your instincts, push yourself, 
but resolve that tension internally and then follow your heart for what you want to do. Well, a couple of thoughts here. Organizations need transactional players. They need technical experts. So there's a role to play. And it doesn't mean you can't down the road begin to shift more to the, towards a trusted advisor. So exactly. you're not stuck in this rut, rut forever. You know, hearing, I mean, you talked about Veritas in the last episode. I mean, it sounds like to me here, you got to start bringing some gravitas into this thing, right? You're absolutely if right. If you're going to move on and become a trusted advisor. The Veritas is something that, you know, with your technical transactional skill, you know, you get really comfortable with, right? Because you're the expert. So speaking truth to power and saying, hey, listen, this is what I know. And this is what I know to be truth. Gravitas, though, you're right. That now takes it to a different level. And that says, you know, it's not just about what I say, it's about how I say it, how I understand the context of the situation, how I understand not just my altitude, but my landscape, the players, the psychology here. It's a much more sophisticated skill set, which is why it doesn't just happen at the transactional level, at the expert level. It really happens at that business level. And when we talk about these trusted advisors, like those trusted advisors that really have it together, that really can influence a leader, are those that have the ability to use Veritas and Gravitas in the appropriate balance. And yeah. There's a lot of people listening who have heard the word Gravitas, and I don't think they really know what it means. I mean, this is, you talk about utilizing your leadership voice to influence. That's what we're talking about. It's That's having exactly an impact. It. It's, it's being able to influence. But you have to, you have to cross that knowing doing gap to do it. And, you know, what's interesting, too, is back to, you know, one of our earlier concepts of the two currencies of leadership, the person with gravitas not only has the veritas to communicate, but they have a rock solid relationship to be heard and to influence so that crossing the knowing doing gap and getting our voice out there, the more we get our voice out there, the more we establish those relationships with those key stakeholders we were talking about. And they start to listen to us and they start to believe us. And we're on that path to become a trusted advisor. All right. Erica and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the new international bestselling book, Leadership Rigor. This groundbreaking book will turn everything you think you know about leadership upside down. Leadership Rigor explores how to achieve breakthrough performance and productivity through leading yourself, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. Author Erica Piedler outlines for her readers how to become change-ready leaders. Change-ready leaders are capable of embracing challenges with agility and optimism because they have the tools, models, and language to assess, structure, and facilitate solutions. Leadership is a skill that can be learned and practiced. Take the rigor challenge and ask yourself, do you want to lead mindfully and skillfully? Or do you want to subject your teams and organizations to your unstructured thoughts and approaches? The choice is yours. Will you rigor it? You can purchase Leadership Rigor on Amazon or by visiting ericpeedler.com. All right, Tosh Nick, back with Eric Peetler. So we're still talking about leading ourselves here and using our leadership voice to begin to influence others, but we are progressing down the road a bit to leading teams, right? And so in thinking about this... And, uh, I, there's got to be a role that role modeling plays and and how we begin to make this transition from leading ourselves to leading others. I mean, how, how do we how do we do that? Yeah, you know, so you, you use this word role modeling, which I think is a really interesting phrase because in leading ourselves, we are starting to role model and give signals about who we want to be as a leader, right? And one of the things that determines who we want to be as a leader and and how we're going to play our role is our mindset. 
what are we role modeling in terms of our mindset? There's two types of mindsets that you can have out there. And the leadership world, there's a lot of work right now that's gone on with this woman, Carol Dweck, Hmm. on a growth mindset. And I love her work and I love how she frames it because, you know, her concept is those people who have a growth mindset, they're curious, they're courageous about learning, they want to get better. They're willing to be vulnerable and open. They're confident in their own skin. You know, it's no bad thing if they fail because failure is just a stop on the road to success for them. People with a fixed mindset, a little bit more ego-based, may want to be right, uh, may need to be the smartest person in the room, a little bit more uh, concerned about whether they look bad or, you know, if they're going to look bad, they don't want to play. Could be a little bit more insecure, a little bit more defensive. So, you know, when you think about leading yourself, you know, are you playing to win and are you playing to learn? Or are you playing to play safe and not to lose? Gosh, I'm thinking, uh, hearing you describe those two, a growth versus a fixed mindset. I'm, I re- recently saw a statistic that said most people leave a job because of their boss. Mm-hmm. And boy, can you imagine working for a boss who's in that fixed mindset? Goodness gracious, what a miserable existence that, that, that is. That's such a great, that's such a great thing. They, they leave a boss and often it is because the boss wants things done their way or they, you know, it's all about them, right? And they're not really creating space for the learning and for other people. That is probably one of the most significant challenges that we face as individual contributors do we have the space in the room to grow? And is that boss that we're working for role modeling open space for learning or is it closed-minded in their way or the highway? Well, I, then I hear you describe growth mindset and some words we've talked about already this season, uh, confidence, uh, being vulnerable, taking risks, uh, overcoming obstacles and, and, cur- and courage. Those are absolutely, I, as, I, now I, as I now understand it with the growth mindset. I mean, that, that's, you can't do this without a growth mindset. Absolutely. In fact, that's, you know, when you talk about role modeling, if you are a supervisor and you're looking at a number of talents that you're working with, when you start to think about who really has potential, who really is my next team leader, who really is someone that I want to make that additional investment in, I'm looking for that growth mindset because that growth mindset is going to be stretched and it's going to be open and they're going to be able to take the good and the bad and keep going. Someone with a fixed mindset, probably going to be a little bit more high maintenance, right? A little bit more difficult to manage over time. So really interesting. What are you role modeling? And then what are you looking for when you are a leader? Well, and going back to our our conversation over the years on this show is this skilled, this is a skilled profession. And so to those who are maybe operating out of a fixed mindset, you can change, right? You absolutely can change. If you have a fixed mindset and you get some coaching and you, you know, really discipline yourself, you can move into being more curious, more courageous, you know, being more open. Those are learnable skills. I'd almost link those back to what we talked about with emotional intelligence. You know, having a growth mindset is EQ. You know, it's self-awareness, self-management, social awareness. How am I role modeling? How am I coming across open or closed? So it absolutely can be learned. And, you know, I think it leads into, you know, this other concept that we've talked about, which is choices that we can make in terms of who do we serve? We talked about this in earlier seasons. If you serve the master, you might come across as a fixed mindset, you know, Mm. really just kind of working for... The master versus if you have a little bit more of a growth mindset, you know, you're open to serving others. Well, it goes back to our initial discussion this episode of this end game. I mean, you without understanding that, you can't figure out who to serve. And understanding, I mean, someone may say, Well, I'm serving the boss. Why is that not serving others? Well, 
there's all kinds of tensions here. I mean, but you can run into issues with your colleagues with some of this, right? Oh, absolutely. I think, and I think that's the biggest tension. You know, when you think about serving yourself, you know, we joked about this last season, you know, two of the answers are wrong and, and one of them is the right one, right? You serve yourself, not a cool thing. And that will make tension with everybody. You know, you want to cause a three alarm fire intention, serve yourself. Your boss is not happy with it. Your colleagues are not happy with it. Maybe your uh, direct reports, if you have them, are not happy with it. If you serve the master, high risk proposition, your peers are not going to be very happy with you if you tend to just serve the master. If you serve others, if you serve the organization as a whole, it could have some tension if you have direct reports and they say, hey, why aren't you supporting what we want to do? But we're going to talk later in episodes uh, ahead that talk about, hey, you know, you got to be an organizational player and an interface player. You can't just serve your direct reports either. So tensions can be solved and created depending on how you move through the space. And, you know, back to being a mindful, consciously competent leader, you know, you really need to think about what is the end game? What are you trying to do here? And what are the skills that you need to put in place so that you can come across with a growth mindset, serve at the right level? and be clear about who you want to be in terms of a leader. Seems to me a simple way of thinking about this is manipulating versus influencing. And they're very, very different, right? They're really different. One is really, really good and one is really, really <laughs> bad. But, you know, in a, in a nutshell, because I think it's important for people to know the difference. You know, when you're trying to influence a situation, you remain open to the possibilities of what others can bring into the conversation. When you're trying to manipulate something, you already have an end game that you want to get to, and you're not really open. You're trying to convince other people that they agree with you, whether they do or they don't. And we feel when we're being manipulated, and that doesn't feel good. And that's often a fixed mindset approach because someone wants to get their way, whereas in the growth mindset, hey, you know, I came at it this way, but you've brought some great points to the table, Todd. And now I have a very different point of view. You influenced me. And by the way, in allowing you to influence me, I've now probably given you more of an opening and an entry point for me to influence you. Well, and that also speaks to trust, which we're going to get into quite a bit. So, okay, well, that's all the time we have for today. Erica, should anyone have any questions, how can they contact you and learn more? Yeah, you can contact me as always at Erica at EricaPetler.com by email. You can follow me on Twitter at Erica Petler. Would love to hear from you. All right. Thank you for that. So join us next week for episode four, The Tension in Leading Teams and Being Both a Practitioner and Philosopher, Part One, Recalibrating Yourself as a Leader. So until then, on behalf of myself and my co-host, Erica Petler, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week on Leadership on the Ground, Season 4. <laughs>